0: Hey, wine lovers. Welcome to Wine Wednesday with Viva Porvino podcast. This is Jen. I am your owner, sommelier, and founder of Viva Porvino. I hope your weeks ahead of this have been great. Happy New Year. We are in 2024. I can't really believe that whatsoever. Um, but today is the day that we really get started today's the day that we learn a little bit about wine and this overview today may be a little bit basic so those of you who already know this stuff just bear with me those of you who are here to learn a little bit more and don't know much about wine get that pen and piece of paper and take some notes if you feel so inclined to do. Um, I want to touch base with what wine is. We're going to go over some calorie counts just so you can kind of understand what's in the bottle. We'll go over some drinking facts. Talk a little bit about labels and them by variety, by region, by name, kind of what that means. I don't wanna to go too far into that because I feel like we'll do a full session in the future, really diving into different labels and what labels mean. Uh, Cause that goes hand in hand with how we shop for wine, right? Um, we're gonna jump into basic wine characteristics as we move forward. So sweetness, acidity, your alcohol, your tannin, your body. Um, And we're probably going to finish up there today uh, and move on to how to taste in the coming future. So I'm really, really excited to dive in with this today. Thank you so much for being here. I hope you really enjoy your time. So without further ado, let's jump right in and get started so what is wine well we drink it every day at least i think i do um but part of it that is because my whole life is wine at this point point. and wine is an alcoholic beverage yeah we definitely know that made with fermented grapes uh technically wine can be made with any fruit Um, But most wines are made with grapes. So I have a really quick, funny story. And as we go through our podcast, we're really going to get to know each other. And I want to give you as much about me as I can to make this as human-like and as personal as possible. So quick, funny story... I just got married and my husband is not a wino whatsoever. Quite frankly he just doesn't understand it and it's really kind of funny. So recently I came home from work with a couple of bottles and for those of you who don't know me um, I am a sommelier at a place called the Wine Grotto at St. John's Resort in Plymouth, Michigan. So Um, If you want to follow us, that's uh, the Wine Grotto, really great, cool place. So long story short, I come home with some bottles and my husband goes, all right, let's do this. And he pulls out two glasses and he wants to try the wine. So we have a Merlot and a Pinot Noir. And for those of you who know wine, one is a little bit more fruity and juicy. One tends to be a little bit more rustic and earthy. So he puts it in the glass and he's swirling it around and he takes a good sniff. And I said, so what do you smell? And he said, grapes. And I said, awesome. Great job, honey. What else do you smell? He said, alcohol. And I was like, all right. Well, there's two things. We are on the right track. And I said, what else? Pass the alcohol, past the grapes. What do you smell? And he said, dirt. And it was the Pinot Noir in his hand. So I cracked up because dirt makes sense. You know, we call it earthy in the wine world. But what I noticed was his eyes open, his mind start to explore things that he hadn't explored before. He was really trying to figure out what was in the glass and what he was tasting. So um just know there's a couple reasons why he experienced the grapes and the alcohol and the smells that he's smelling because every single wine is a little bit different and smells a little bit different but the reason why wine grapes are different than say the green grapes or the red grapes that you buy at the grocery store and eat are because they're different. There's table grapes and there's wine grapes. Um, wine grapes are called Vitis vinfera. And those grapes are much smaller. They have seeds and they're sweeter than a table grape. And they ferment a little bit easier. So we get wine out of those where the grapes that you get at the grocery store are, vitis labrusca so those are more eat grapes the ones that you're just going to pick right off that little vine and have have with you know maybe with your wine with some cheese with some meat why not let's make a charcuterie board so some things to know about grape vines and these are the grape vines that we're going to be utilizing f- to make wine Um, They take about a year to grow the grapes. So typically each year we have a harvest and those are our vintages. So when you're looking at a bottle of wine, you're seeing a number um, and that's the date, the year in which that wine was harvested and bottled. Um, The harvest in the Northern hemisphere typically is August to October. And then the harvest in the Southern hemisphere is February to April. Now, obviously that becomes climate. Um, That is because we have different regional aspects and having harvest earlier and later provides different types of wine. And we'll get into that when we get into our regions Um, our geography and our history, so look forward to that episode just because I want to really dive into our parallels and where grapes are grown and why they're grown and things like that. So again just remember that harvests happen northern hemisphere August to October and your harvest in the southern hemisphere is February to April. Now that again like we said is vintage so you'll see a 2010 barolo or a 2019 syrah or a 2020 cabernet sauvignon why is that important we ask why is a vintage important and vintage again are the years in which the grapes are harvested harvested now you'll sometimes see NV. NV is a non vintage wine, and that could be b- a blend of several different years. So maybe they had a wine that they had a little bit left from the year before, and they wanted to hold off and put that with the next year. So, say it's a 2015 Syrah, and they know that they're working on a 2016, 2017 cabsov that's in a cask and is aging currently why not save those and blend those together call that an envy as a non-vintage and create something super cool now again why is vintage important well again we'll t- talk about that when we get into like the agriculture and the geography and things like that and how weather plays a part But you got to think about the years think about how weather was affecting things what were the were there massive storms um were there wildfires you know think about napa valley the last couple of years i mean in the last five years we've had crazy wildfires what does that mean for the grapes that have survived what kind of ash might be inside of these wines. What did that do to the soils that enrich the nutrients for the growth of these grapes on these vines? So you really have to look at what it was like in that year that that wine was made. And some years are better than others. Some years are rated some of the greatest wine years of all time, and some are just so-so. Now I think wine's great all the way around but there's definitely some that we'll get into that are because of the year and where they were grown they could be some of the top rated wines of all time just because of where and when. So we'll find the importance as we continue to move forward. Now we also talk about blends. We did talk about a blend where we had maybe a Syrah and then we blended it with the Cabernet Sauvignon in the future. But what we want to talk about is the difference between say a single varietal and a wine that's blended. And a best way to describe this is we have a Pinot Noir from the Willamette Valley in Oregon. And we have a French Bordeaux. The Bordeaux can be a combination of any of five specific grapes. That's Cabernet Sauvignon, Cabernet Franc, Petit Verdot, Malbec, and Merlot. A lot of the times, a Bordeaux is going to be heavy on the Cabernet Sauvignon and the Merlot blend that's typical how that Bordeaux's tip usually at add, add out um, but they have the Petite Verdot the Keb Franc and the Malbec to kind of give it more of a round body maybe a little bit of spice maybe a little bit more fruit so it kind of just depends on what they combine together to make that specific type of blend now a Bordeaux blend let's talk about that for just a second again we'll get into this when we're talking regions but I'm gonna side note for just a second Bordeaux blend can only be made in Bordeaux France it can only be made by those particular varietals of, of wine people can call it a blend we can call it a claret in the United States And that is considered a blend of those five particular Bordeaux grapes that I was talking about. Now on the other side, you have this single varietal wine. That means it's only one type of wine inside of that bottle. It's only Riesling. It's only Pinot Noir. It's only Chardonnay. We're only having the one type of wine. Now, again, it could be a vintage, it could be a non-vintage, it could have had influences from multiple different wineries, but it's only that particular wine varietal, and that would be called a single varietal wine. 100% is that type of wine. Now, when we talk about wine, we have to talk about, again, regions, history, climate and why that makes sense well you have to think about grapes and wine as farming and if you really look at it we farm all different sources of fruits and vegetables right and they all have a harvest and they all have a way in which they grow and they grow in certain places in other places they don't grow as well That's because of the way agriculture, geography, climate, and everything works together. It's the nature of nature, you know? So some things we have to look at and think about are the the temperate climates, and that's where wine is grown best. So in the Northern Hemisphere and in North America, you're looking at parallels between the 37th and the 42nd. And then in the lower parts of, say, northern Mexico, and you can get into, you know, southern parts of Australia and South Africa and things like that, there's different climates and different regions for every type of wine. And they're grown in these regions because of what soils are provided, what Natural airflow and light and rain and everything that comes together for a harvest for a piece of fruit. Now, cooler climates typically make the wines a little bit more tart. Your warmer climates are going to make it taste a little bit more ripe. And wine is everybody's preference so if you like the tart wine and you like the sweet flavors go for it if you like those fruity juicy jammy super ripe reds more power power to you now as we move forward we're kind of kind of talk about you know the calories in some wine because A lot of people are health conscious these days and I want to be respectful of everyone and know that a bottle of wine can go a long way. Now it can go a long way but it only lasts for a few days so you got to make sure that you're drinking in moderation, you're drinking responsibly, and heck why not share it with some friends. So a bottle of wine is... Five standard glasses most people say you get four glasses out of a bottle you actually should get five if you do a five ounce pour so a standard um, 750 milliliter is five five ounce pours so as we move forward and we start looking at calorie breakdown we have to think about dry wine versus sweet wine so we'll get into that as we move forward especially as we get into characteristics of wine. But know that the drier the wine, the less calories. The sweeter the wine, the more calories. So a dry wine with an ABV of 10% gives you 460 calories. Dry wine of 11.5 ABV is 600 calories. Dry wine of 12.5% to 13.5% ABV is 750 in calories. Dry wine at 14% so we're really kicking it up a notch and getting into the alcohol is 820 calories. Now those sweet fortified wines and this will be a fun topic when we talk about sherries and madeiras and ports and things like that but fortified wines tend to be really high in alcohol because it goes through a second fermentation and those are 21 percent abv so those tend to be really super sweet and much higher in calories so that being said it's 1440 in calories now other components of wine and what else is in the bottle besides some water and some alcohol the other stuff are acid sulfites sugar glycerol amino acids minerals lots of different moving parts inside of a bottle of wine and most of that is natural Most of that naturally comes from the grape. Some are additives for preservative reasons. You want to try to preserve the wine as long as possible, um, especially once it's open and oxidating. But everything is measured with wine in parts per million. And something I do want to touch on is a specific thing that I come across on a regular basis as a sommelier. People tend to think that sulfites are the reason why they get headaches, the reason why they're allergic to wine, and I say that with air quotes. So let's get straight to the facts and let's be real about some things really quickly. And I don't want to come off harsh by any means, but more often than not the reason you're getting the headaches when you drink wine is because you're also not hydrating yourself you know when you get those hangovers the next day and it's an awful headache and things like that it's not because of what you drank it's because you drank and you didn't also hydrate your body alcohol is a dehydration substance What you need to do is you need to actively be drinking water while you're drinking your wine. Now, also monitor your drinking. If you want to just do a couple tastes, you don't have to drink the whole bottle. You can taste a little bit. You can have a glass a night and maybe it won't be as harsh. But a bottle of wine contains fermented juice, right? Vitis verifina. Besides the fermented grape juice there's also a small portion of the sulfites as an additive preservative. But let's break this down and talk about this a little bit. So sulfites affect about 1% of the general population and require wineries to label them if they contain more than 10 parts per million so if there's any more than 10 parts per million it has to go on the label of the wine right now in the u.s it's no more than 350 parts per million for sulfites in organic wines so if you are going to labor yourself organic the wine has to be no more than 100 parts per million again we're talking about added sulfates right in comparison to say a can of coca-cola coke contains 350 parts per million of sulfates while you're getting your can of coke that french fry basket that you got contains about 1,900 parts per million. And the piece of dry fruit that you thought was super healthy for you contains 3,500 parts per million. So let's just debunk this really quickly and not blame sulfites for the reason why we get headaches and the reason why we can't drink wine. What we need to do is just drink the wine with the water so we're hydrating ourselves. And we need to understand that every single wine is going to have sulfites in it because it's naturally in the fruit that you use. And it's a way in which to preserve. But that also being said, a lot of the other things that we are consuming on a day-to-day basis also have sulfites and you probably didn't know it. So, some healthy drinking facts for you. The National Cancer Institute recommends that a woman have no more than one drink per day and a man have no more than two drinks per day. Well, if we're talking about limiting our intake so that we don't have these headaches and that we stay hydrated and we drink in moderation, then one per day, maybe two per day, what you want so let's have a split maybe we do what they call a jenny i love that because it's my name but really not because i'm not much of a jenny but a jenny would be a half bottle or we do a standard 750 and we try it I'm not going to get a magnum or a double magnum or an imperial. I don't need that much wine. But I might do a split. I might do a half bottle. I might do a jenny. Or maybe we'll just split a standard and have just an extra glass one night. Either way, a glass a day will keep that heart doctor away so as promised I want to touch on labels of wine and there's really three main examples of the labeling and how things are labeled and some of it has to do with percentages and requirements from the particular country that wines come from. And like I said, we'll go over this way more in depth as we get into regions and varietals and things like that. So just as a basic for today, um, we're going to talk about by variety, by region, and by name. So think about the labels when you go to the grocery store and think about what draws you to them. Sometimes it's that really pretty colorful picture, or maybe it's got some flowers, or everyone knows the one with the horses on it. Um, Maybe it is this really cool seal. Or maybe it's the type of wine, or maybe it's where it's from. You know, everyone has their own little differentiator or niche I guess you could say of why they pick the labels that they pick but let's kind of break these down so by variety means the wines can be labeled by the grape varietal that it is Uh, let's just use a German wine as an example say a Riesling it's a really popular grape in Germany that could be listed directly on the center of the label and for that to happen each country has its own percentage of that particular grape for it to be labeled as such so it could be a blend but if it has a percentage of 75 percent or more in the United States and Chile it can be classified as that single varietal. In Argentina it's 80 percent and in other countries such as Italy, France, Germany, Austria, Portugal, New Zealand, South Africa, and Australia it needs to be 85 percent of that particular varietal. Now, by region, wines can be labeled per where they come from. So, we've been using Bordeaux as an example tonight, and Bordeaux could be Bordeaux Superior. Now, that means it is from the Bordeaux region in France, and it's primarily, like we talked about earlier, Merlot and Cabernet Sauvignon— but would also be a blend of Petit Verdot, Malbec, and uh, Cap Franc. So wines that are typically labeled by their region are common in France and Italy and Spain and Portugal. And per the history, which again, we'll cover on another episode is A lot about their territory and the fight over the land and what piece of land is each house and each family because a lot of where wine comes from really has a story now I tend to see this more in the United States but the other way to label wine is by name So, what the proprietary name is. Now, we've talked about every wine is different because of the grapes and things like that, but what we haven't got into yet is terroir. And the word terroir, T-E-R-R-I-O-R, means the influence, as you will, of the winemaker. So, wine grapes are grown just as any with soil and water and sun and nutrients and they're harvested and they're bottled and they're aged but it's what the winemaker puts into it it's their terroir that really makes a difference so when they're naming wine sometimes it's really that personal touch and tends to have a story to go with it because every wine has some sort of heart behind it right so wines that are labeled say they're called a particular name like we'll use Tom Chelani's unfiltered Merlot he calls it Robusto that's the name of the wine Robusto and Tom Cholani, local Michigander, has some fantastic wines and has some unfiltered things. And I absolutely love his wines. So um, shout out to Tom. But he provides you with really cool names for his wines. It gives them life. It gives them character. And I think a lot of winemakers want to do that. So naming it by name is also another way to you know put a spin on the wine and you could find these wines as blends they could also be single varietals but most of the time it's all because the producer of the wine wants to give their bit of something extra so I think that's all we're gonna cover today on labels because I don't wanna get too far into it. I really think we're really gonna get into that. Like like we talked about varietal and percentages and things like that. I think we're gonna get so far into labels as we get into you know, shopping for wine and stuff like that. So um, just know your basics on that. What I'm really, really excited for today and to finish our evening of learning about wine as I want to talk about basic characteristics because this is really going to give us the full foundation of where we're going. Wine has characteristics that are perfect for description, it helps us understand what we're tasting, it helps us kind of break down the complexities of wine, and really gives us a a breakdown in our mind to understand how wine works, what's going on when you're tasting wine. And because of what goes on in the wine, how that can be influenced to foods and things like that. So we'll learn food pairings in the future. As we've discussed, we're gonna learn a lot more about where grapes come from And how to taste wine properly but to really understand wine you really need to know the characteristics and the complexities of wine and it's really broken down into five parts so we're gonna go through the five characteristics tonight and let's start with sweetness sweetness can give you a range from dry to very sweet. Bone dry even to very sweet. So let's kind of break that down for just a second. Sweetness can be bone dry, dry, off dry, sweet or very sweet. Okay, so why is there even sweetness in wine? Well sweetness is derived from the residual sugars inside of wine so what are residual sugars it's leftover sweetness that not all the grapes ferment so naturally when you take a bite of a grape there's some sweetness to it right well not every grape while in the fermentation process completely ferments into alcohol So it leaves that natural residual sugar. That's what we're getting on the sweetness. So when we describe sweetness, we go from bone dry to very sweet. So let's kind of do a comparison for sweetness and think about a teaspoon of sugar. And think about the spoon as a quarter of the way full that's going to be bone dry I would say a third of the way full you're dry halfway almost two thirds of the way that's going to be your off dry you got one full teaspoon of sugar that's where you're going to be sweet and i'd say two full teaspoons of sugar you're looking at very sweet so if you really wanted to just kind of get your head in like if you're in a measuring situation and you could really kind of look at how much sugar i i feel like that's the best comparison as to how you would do you would measure out the sweetness per se now that being said Not all wines are going to have sweetness to them. We tend to see a lot more sweetness in white wines versus red wines, right? The next characteristic we're going to look at is acidity. Acidity is described as low acid, medium to low, average, Sour or very sour. So, acids primarily attribute to tartness and sourness in a flavor of wine. Most acids come from the tartaric acid, malic acid, and citric acid inside of wines. Now, an Acid on the pH scale ranges from 2.5 to 4.5 pH. Seven is the neutral. So what we need to know is that acidity tends to show a little bit more ripe and comes from cooler climates. So the colder it is, the higher the acidity. The warmer it is, the lower the acidity. A way to kind of balance out the acidity would be to compare it as a lemon to a yogurt. So lemon is gonna be a two pH, yogurt's gonna be a 4.5. So think about your acidity in that range, all the way from a lemon to a yogurt, okay? that might be able to put it into a little bit more of a perspective for you. So the third characteristic we're going to cover today is tannin. So tannin tends to be more on the red side of things and shows up as low, medium-low, average, astringent, or very astringent. So let's talk about tannin and what that is and the best way to describe it is it's that really fine like bitter bite in the back of your mouth when you drink red wine and it's that piece that like leaves you kind of sticky inside of your mouth when you have your your drink so tannin is naturally occurring and is found in plants and it's typically unique to red wines when it ferments without skins so in wine tannin is not necessarily a flavor but more of a texture to the taste an astringency that almost sucks your bone dry inside of your mouth and gives you that bite in the back like you took a sour lemon but it's not that sour it's that that bitterness that catches you now two sources of tannin grape skins and grape seeds and from wood barrels So, those wines that are aged in wood for a long time are going to be a little bit more tannic. So, tannin comes from, again, the skins, the seeds, and the stems. So, the longer the skins are on, excuse me, the more astringent and the more bitter but they're also going to contain higher levels of antioxidants, which is also a good thing. So antioxidants are great for the heart. That's why they always say one glass a day keeps that heart doctor away. Now when we focus on tannin, you want to focus on the texture of the tongue. and oak barrels tend to leave that like leathery bit so sometimes you you take a, a sip of a wine and it's almost like you lick the back of a leather belt that's where the tannin is it's almost grippy and it leaves you wanting for more so tannin kind of creates that I need something meaty I need a heavy cheese. I need rich fatties. I need pasta. And this is why red wine is a very good culprit to pair with food. Because we have the opportunity here to really see what complexities a wine can provide that pairs and cuts into different flavors of different foods so tannin i feel is the most precious characteristic of wine i think it's the most complex i think it depends on your new oak your used or neutral oak i think it depends on how long the skin stay on you know if if there's seeds do they keep the stems? Do they ferment with the stems? Because not all winemakers do. So it really depends on how the winemaker makes the wine. That terroir, yet again. But it it just it's the most complex piece to the characteristics of wine. So next and number four is alcohol. So go back to my story about my husband and him uh, talking about alcohol and his wine I love that he called that out because it is a characteristic of wine alcohol is measured as low medium low average medium high and high so the alcohol in wine comes from yeast converting the grape, so sugar, into ethanol. Alcohol must also be added to a wine, which is called fortifying. So, if we think about alcohol as playing a role with aromas, that is where you get that spike in your nose, and it adds to the viscosity in the body. So those more potent alcohol wines are probably gonna have a little bit bigger bodied. They're going to have more of an astringent vis- visceral experience. You're going to see the viscosity and the legs are gonna be a little bit more full. Um, you can sense a lot of alcohol as that burning sensation down your throat. Um, But it's also just as if you took maybe a shot of whiskey or tequila. So typically it's measured by ABV. So you have low, medium-low, medium, low, medium-high, medium, and high. So low would be your ABV below 10%. And again, ABV is alcohol by volume. Your medium low would be 10 to 11.5 percent. Medium would be 11.5 to 13.5 percent ABV. Medium high would be your 13.5 to 15 percent ABV. So when you get into those higher alcohol contents, they're gonna taste more alcoholy, right? But what the curiosity of wine is is how. That alcohol plays into a level of breakdown with food and um, into the body and the sugars and the sensations of the nose that you get when you drink wine last one I want to cover today for characteristics is body we talk about body of wine <laughs> what is a body of a beverage you know so the body is not necessarily a scientific term but it's more of a categorization it's more of a way of us to talk about the style of the wine so is it a bigger bolder thicker juicier tannic lots of alcohol um, less acidity more sweet or is it a lighter wine where it's more acid lower alcohol less tannin less sweet There's a lot of different variables and factors that go into wine as we've discussed throughout this episode today. But the four characteristics of body that go with the five characteristics of wine are sweetness, acidity, tannin, and alcohol so essentially body is taking the other four parts and putting them all into one so how much sweetness is there what's the level of acidity how big is the tannin and where does the alcohol play in that because once you put all four of those components together that's what that body is. The more acid you have, the lower the alcohol. The less acid, the higher the alcohol. How do you tell the difference? And, and body, we can compare to, say, milk. Okay? You've had a whole milk before and you've had a skim milk before. The whole milk is fuller bodied. It's heavier, it's thicker, it's creamier. The skim milk is a lot lighter. It's almost watered down. That's kind of how we have to look at it when we're doing a comparison of body. But know that the body is all four other components of the characteristics in one. So today has been absolutely amazing with you and i know it's a long episode for my first and i hope i didn't steer you away in any way shape or form and if you didn't finish in the first listen i'm totally cool with that i hope you do finish the episode and you join us on our journey again today was the basics so we're just getting started we went through a ton of information today i cannot wait to learn more with you next episode is going to be how to taste we're gonna learn the five s's and i got a friend of mine that's got a sixth s i want to tell you all about that story um and we'll get into every bit of how to make your journey in wine the most crazy cool experience we can i want to give podcastle a huge shout out this platform is absolutely fantastic it is easy for me to use it is very simple for me to overlay things and edit and edit as I go um, and very much streamlined the whole entire workshop today so um, happy Wednesday thank you so much for listening thank you for your time I will see you here next Wednesday and have another glass for me, for you, for the sake of wine. I hope you have a wonderful rest of your evening. Um, and around here, we live for wine. Cheers.